This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Shaoik. Last week, the long-awaited control of smoking products for Public Health Bill 2023 was passed by the Dewan Rakyat and it will be able to address, among others, the lacuna in the law following the exemption of liquid nicotine from the Poisons Act back in April. But this bill has also been criticised by healthcare professionals and policymakers on both sides of the divide for omitting the generational endgame smoking ban. So will this new bill be enough to tackle the growing problem of vaping and smoking, not only among young adults, but also, as we're seeing, among children and teenagers now. I'm speaking today to Datuk Sri Dr. Zukifli Ahmad, MP for Kuala Selangor and the current chairman of the Parliamentary Special Select Committee on Health, as well as Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, Public Health Medicine Specialist with International Islamic University Malaysia, for their thoughts. Dr. Zul and Dr. Farhan, thank you so much for joining me. How are the both of you today? Thank you. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so uh, let me get um, initial thoughts, uh, especially with regard to the significance of a bill like this. For the longest time, tobacco control was regulated under the Food Act, and now we do have a standalone act to regulate smoking products. How significant is this, Dr. Zul? And what are the gaps that it will be able to address? Right. I must begin by, you know, registering how important and significant and how momentous is this moment um, because we have been waiting this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that tobacco control was all along under the, the, the uh, Food Act. And in fact, to be, to be more specific, it was indeed under the control of tobacco product regulation or not in... Uh, or in Malay as PPKHT, Peraturan Peraturan uh, Kawalan Hasil tom- Tobacco, you see. So it's quite an anomaly, and it, for a very long time, you know, especially after the appearance of the e-cigarettes, uh, there was there certainly was an urgent and, and almost like mandatory uh, uh, need, you know, urgent need for for a standalone legislation to regulate. Uh, the entire, not just tobacco, but, you know, tobacco and smoking products, uh, e-cigarettes, namely. Therefore, this uh, been tabled and passed about over, over a week now. Uh, we, you know, we, 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 we surely, you know, we surely have now a, a standalone legislation that will regulate the use and sale of conventional tobacco products in cigarettes, and more importantly as well, uh, regulating the use and sale of new smoking products, namely vaping and the e-cigarettes. So with these, you know, we have what it takes from now to, to really be serious at enforcement and the chance of reducing our prevalence of, of smoking in adults in Malaysia, anything below what is now the, over 21% of, of adult smoking in, and as well the entire uh, you know, Malaysian. So, yes, we are now, you know, with this, uh, we have now, uh, you know, addressed uh, the, the lacuna for a very long time from 1st April. Uh, the fact that uh, liquid nicotine wasn't, uh, you know, regulated, it was taken out, registered from the poison list. And now all of it is now, you know, well placed in this Bill, the blue bill that we just become 
not not be, not as yet because it will be seen by Dewan Negara and of course Yang Di Pertuan Agung. But at least the DR 42-2023 is already printable and passed by MPs uh, in in the Dewan Rakyat. So now we are almost there, halfway, and that uh, I believe there's no excuses by way of you know what it takes to uh, get it regulated. I mean um, the e-cigarettes uh, product which is all now under a standalone uh, legislation, you know, that will uh, be the way forward to address this uh, prevalence of smoking and vaping. Dr. Zul, can I get you to clarify, I guess, um, really make it clear to our listeners, right now, uh, after the bill comes into force, um, does it mean that all nicotine-containing e-cigarettes and vapes will be off-limits to those under the age of 18? Yeah, you very well know that uh, the GEG is not part of this bill and not part of this act. Mm-hmm. However, what is still you know, pertinent and relevant and, and possible to be enforced is, of course, individuals under 18 will still be you know, barred and will be controlled from using both cigarettes and vaping products, including you know, those with nicotine. So it is still uh, very much uh, addressing all the, the lacuna that happened after 1st April. So... Yeah, we are very clear that uh, the legislation takes into account what is known in Basque orang belum dewasa. So with that, uh, actually, we we have all the controls, all the all the the apparatus needed. You know, the legislation needed for nicotine not to be uh, accessible to those under eighteen. So very clearly stipulated in in this legislation, shall <laughs> Dr. Farhan, let's look at um, other aspects of tobacco control under this new bill. It also now prohibits the promotion, sponsorship and advertising of tobacco products, smoking substances and tobacco alternative products. Um, How much do you think this will curb the kind of rampant advertising and promotion that we've been seeing of um, vapes and e-cigarettes? I mean, you know, with seeing it on social media, TikTok, Duets, uh, Raya, you know... it's, it's just everywhere in the wild, wild west right now. Well, I, I think, uh, Shai, the first thing that we have to get clear is that this law has not yet been, uh, is yet to be gazetted. So that will also take time. I'm sure in the Dewanagara, they're going to be debating uh, it for a while and then it takes, what, 30 days for ascension to the king for it to be gazetted and then passed to law. At the same time, we must also not forget the basis of why this law is something that needs to be pushed and needs to be um, gazetted as quickly as possible. It was because of the self-inflicted wound of removing the nicotine from the uh, poisons list that led us to this stage. But now, with this law in, are we able to ensure that the promotion or the promotive nature of that industry, especially targeted to young adults, those who are um, age 15 to 18 to actually start taking a vape and all these other things. The, and, and we 15, know 15 that, to 18 is not even young adults, right? They're children. Yeah, they're children. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they're children. And are these are these um, categories of groups of people, does it cover in the sense, now we have to think, right? Remember how cigarette, uh, we had to fight for a long time before we could put up the images of children being deformed and the lungs being black and all these other things. Are those things going to be able 
to be uh, enforced in sense whereby the the liquid vape instead of the names to make it uh, attractive like the bubblegum flavors you know the the colorful designs all these things to attract these young users to use it does it cover all of this surely i am sure in in it there is a lot of more fine details that needs to be detailed out at the same time as much as you ask whether this actually helped the promotion the law is there but then you have to start asking yourself will the enforcement be good enough be big enough be strong enough to ensure that it doesn't happen as we know even prior to all this fiasco coming in that we already had a lot of issues of vape being sold and if those things are not being able to be handled what have we done differently this time around have we increased the number of enforcement officers what is the kpi of these officers to actually catch and nab these people who flout promotion and also advertising especially on social media platforms you know people can just use um, anonymous accounts and all sorts of things so there's a big big hole that needs to be addressed and this is why as good as this law that has been passed in the lower house and being debated in the upper house it still isn't complete as what it was in the very beginning all right which aspects are not complete right now well uh, the aspect obviously the biggest aspect of it is the geg component and I, I i say this and i think we're going to be debating about this uh, much later but i think um i'll, I'll leave that uh, for political for the debate but that component this as good as this bill as necessary as this bill uh, needs to be passed we still feel that the holistic nature of tackling this issue of um smoking and its derivatives it, it, it isn't as complete as what we hoped as it is from a public health perspective. Dr. Zul, um, yeah. is it in the regulations that need to be drawn up that will uh, sort of be able to close these gaps? What, what are your thoughts on what Dr. Farhan has brought up? Well, as legislation, as it always be, you know, there are, the bill very clearly prohibits promotion, sponsorship, you know, advertising of tobacco products, smoking substances, and tobacco alternative products. All these are already all in place, right? And and most importantly now is on the enforcement aspect of it. So I would believe that, you know, if you go through the bill, there's no there's no other lacuna, there's no other thing that have been left behind except, you know, the GEG. But every aspect of the GEG is already in the bill. You know, by way of the the under eighteen enforcement, they will not be accessible to both cigarettes and e-cigarettes. However, other aspects because GEG is, is a definition on the cohort of those born in first January two zero zero seven, of which they will not be ever able to smoke a bit to the rest of their life. Other than that, you know, before they come to that age, eighteen years old, they are not accessible to both. Uh, smoking smoking products, you know, there, there there will be control on them on all the smoking products. So you know, this this would be the important things: tobacco products, smoking substances, and tobacco substitute products. So in so far as I'm concerned, you know, we have it all now, except the GG aspect. All right, the GG would mean that we we would like to see that it is impossible beyond when they are 18. Yeah, that cohort of generation, which will surely be a, a better approach a more significant uh, approach in 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 reducing prevalence of smoking in Malaysia other than that I believe that you know we have it all and now the challenge 
You see, I've always believed that it's not about constitutionality. It's about enforceability. I said, I said by many, particularly by, by Prof. Shah Farooqi, that this is oh, the challenge of it. The challenge is to enforce. You know, even my my effort to get, you know, banned smoking in eateries is a, is a huge challenge to get it enforced, right? So the issue about enforcement is is critical. You know, the, the legislation is as good as it's able to be enforced. So uh, to me, you know, that's how it should be. And that we have got to really beef up. It must be a whole of government approach. It's not really left to MOH. It should also be, you know, part of the KPKT, part of uh, women's development, and and others, you know. So, so it will be a whole of. That's not a whole of government. It's got to be a whole of society's approach. That's why we will get to seeing outcomes beyond just uh, you know prevalence is reducing the premature death, seen almost like twenty-seven thousand a year annually. And 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 that's to do with you know tobacco related death, you know, and all the diseases of you know uh, COPD, cancer, and others. So uh, you know these are these are what it should be at the end of the day reducing the heavy uh, burden of disease or the cost of you know allowing uh, smoking and vaping. Let's go for a quick break and uh, when we come back, we will explore a little bit more about some of the debates that have been happening about uh, why GEG was dropped from the bill and um, why we still see a need for it from a public health perspective. I'm speaking today to Datuk Sri Dr. Zulkifli Ahmad, MP for Kuala Selangor and Chairman of the Parliamentary Special Select Committee on Health and Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, Public Health Medicine Specialist. We'll be right back on Health and Living, BFM. 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shao Ik. Today I'm speaking to Datuk Sri Dr. Zukifli Ahmad, Chairman of the Parliamentary Special Select Committee on Health and also MP for Kuala Selangor, and Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, Public Health Medicine Specialist with the International Islamic University of Malaysia. We're discussing the control of smoking products for public health bill that was tabled and passed in Dewan Rakyat last week. And uh, now the rest of the process um, is taking place, which will include being passed by the Senate. Um, There are some... Uh, criticisms uh, surrounding the passing of this bill. I think the biggest one has been the fact that um, the GEG has been dropped from it. Before we come to that, though, I I still want to um, look um, at some aspects of the bill. Um, There have been some feedback about uh, the the, the use of terms and uh, what these terms cover. It refers to tobacco products, smoking substances and tobacco alternative products. Um, But it doesn't seem to regulate smoking devices, which um, will come under the Ministry of Domestic Trade and Cost of Living instead. Dr. Zulfas, why not the regulation of smoking devices? Um, and will this create a loophole? Right. There's been a huge debate on this. Yeah. Or, you know, um, even within the PSSC and as well among MPs during the debate. However, uh, uh, MOH, uh, the, the government maintains that a smoking device is not a product of cigarettes. So this is why. Very debatable, of course. But uh, because uh, there is a kind of a clear cut of jurisdiction and it is outside the jurisdiction of, of the MOH, although that, again, I say it is controversial, it's debatable. And I have my, you know, I've expressed my opinion on this because vaping is almost like non-existent or not operational without the device. So, you know, 
that's where it become very precarious. Be that as it may, I mean, uh, we've got to strike a compromise somewhere that uh, for, for now, I think, you know, we have got to take it that the front bench, the government, the ministry, uh, want it to be regulated under KPDN, you know. Um, I, I note the point that it's been passed. This is what we have now. But Dr. Farhan, what, what then do we need to keep our eye on so that this isn't a loophole that is exploited? Well, I think I think that's something that's very uh, subtle and very nice to say. But um, to me, Shari, uh, my stance uh, from a public health perspective is this. Uh, just imagine that those devices are like a firearm, like a gun, and the liquid nicotine, those are like the bullets. Uh, without the gun, you can't operate the bullet. So without the without the vaping devices, you can't you can't you can't vape. So just because you regulate uh, the substances that's used, just like how you would regulate uh, bullets, you don't see the whole ministry saying, "Oh, okay, we're just going to ensure and look only at the bullets." Um, the consumer ministry, you guys can take a look at the guns because for us. Um, as as long as we take care of the bullets, uh, a person can have a gun, but it won't work. I think I think that's where starts to develop, or I I believe from from what we see is the uh, ability of the people who who actually purchase these devices that they become very much more creative if they are unable to buy the liquid products because of the restrictions, but they are able to buy um, the devices because the devices are not regulated. Are we now going to have a problem where people are going to be experimenting at home, putting other sorts of liquids inside because they are not able to purchase? What what other chemicals are going to be used? And we've seen this. We've seen when people have the means to something, but they don't have the proper usage of certain things. They tend to be very creative and it becomes something even much, much more worse. And this is, this is why I feel that when you want to regulate something, you have to look at it. it, it I mean, the Ministry of Health must be able to take ownership and say, no, this is under us. We have to be able to regulate it. And the reason for has, has to be has to be put forward. And I think that passing the buck to a different ministry just says, I only regulate what I would like to regulate, but I'm not going to solve the issue in such a big picture. That's, that's how we, from the public health space, are looking at things. And, 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 and we don't want that. We don't want that to be able to be seen by the public. We want the solution to be as though that the ministry is actually really serious about tackling everything all together all at once. I'm sure that Theresa would probably have different opinions. <laughs> no, no, I, I would I would add on to that. You know, the only counter narrative, uh, a contrarian view is that is the fact that or the possibility that that device yeah could be used for any other therapeutic utility or use. You know, for other reasons. So. It still is therapeutics. I mean, when it's used as a nebulizer or whatever. So it is still within the domain of health and healthcare. So why KBDN? So, you know, it's really very difficult for us to, to get it across and it really tough to convince us. I know I don't want to be really presumptuous on this, but whether, you know, there is influence of the industry, you know, that would want them to be separated from MOH. I, I don't know, but I, I feel a bit less congruous, less coherent in that sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's the result. I don't know whether you would agree with me on this. If we would have actually bothered debating the 736-page long PSSC full report, uh, extensively the 13 <laughs> official meetings, 
uh, with 13 different uh, experts, I, I, I would say there were countless, many more unofficial meetings and discussions about this matter. It would have actually bothered reading in every single aspect of the report that's being actually handed in by the PSSC. You would see that all these details, all these nuances were actually addressed in Address, yes. the Parliamentary Select Committee. And I think this is the critical key takeaway here. If we believe that a certain bill needs to go through a select committee, but we refuse or we choose to ignore the recommendations put forth or even do not bother to debate the report of the PSSC, my question is, are we just showing the country like we are using these right channels, you know, to be more transparent and henceforth. But in the end, our mind has actually been made up about what was the trajectory of where we would go with the bill. And that concerns me because then people from the public health circle, we are talking about the pulmonologists, people who are in, in, in healthcare. If that's the case, there is no point in us giving our expert opinions or thought process to improve a government bill if none of the expert opinions are actually taken into account. And that, for me, is something that is very, very worrying. Dr. Zul, <laughs> you chaired the PSSC, which was yeah. supposed to uh, you know, collate all these expert opinions. Um, yeah. Is Dr. Farhan right? Were all these uh, nuances and details uh, extensively discussed in the PSSC? Yeah, uh, sure. I must say that uh, PSSC is a legislative entity. You know, it is formed and instituted by the parliament. And it's quite an entity, a creature separate from, from the executive. Yeah. And truly, this is one, well, this is not the first, but perhaps the second after the anti-hoping law, how it was debated very extensively and heatedly in the PSSC. With us, when the first reading was uh, tabled, and that minister wanted that it's only when asked by the speaker that, you know, when will the second reading be made or be tabled? And she said that it would be only after PSSC, you know, we'll have a thorough look into it. So, yeah, we we, we knew all along of our role. We immediately sat and for 13 over meetings involving, among others, you know, panel of experts. And we we engaged all the, all the stakeholders, including the industries, industry players. And we had a panel of experts from 13 public and private universities. And they, yeah. they had three days roundtable discussion. And, and all these are in the handset, by the way. PSSC's uh, discussion and, and meetings are all handset, you know, uh, recorded. So uh, you could see for yourself that, you know, we were earnestly and doggedly, you know, span time. And, and I must take the opportunity to thank all the, you know, experts, particularly Dr. Murali and others, and many, many others. So, you know, we they took... A long, a long time to come to very uh, clear amendments. We call it penyata jadual from the PSSC, which are amendments and as an add-on or amended to amending the DR, the, the, one, the, the blue bill of 25-2023. You know, so of course, what was presented was DR 42-2023. So, yes, we we took it that we, it was our role to debate and to not allow no stone left unturned. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we quite understand that this is not a PSSC's bill. It is a bill of the government. It is a bill of the ministry. So we we, we had a very good, productive, you know, strong debate between PSSC and the MOH, including the PUU, you know, and, and also the AGC. Most of the time, it was with us. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
uh, at the end of the day, it is their call. At the end of the day, it is their judgment call. So, you know, in as much I believe that they want to incorporate and carry the recommendation, the minister particularly would have to be subjected to the collective decision and consensus of the cabinet. Um, you mentioned the AG's chambers were also part of the PSSC yeah. and, and, you know, the AGC has um, become very prominent in the um, remarks that came when it was discovered that the GEG would be dropped because um, the, the AG um, allegedly raised concerns that uh, the GEG aspect would be unconstitutional. <laughs> um, and Dr. Zhu, you have made some remarks on this. Can you yeah. again share some of your thoughts about oh, this? My God. I, I wouldn't want to repeat this, but uh, if I put it in a nutshell, it's a kind of a bittersweet kind of moment for us to get the standalone uh, bill. However, when when the blue bill wasn't the 25-2023, but 42-2023, uh, we all know that it's not the same uh, piece of legislation, the same creature that we had all along fought for. Uh, therefore, you know, we took it that it was rather unfortunate that we were not able to debate the opinion of constitutionality uh, by the AG or the AGC, you know, but uh, I couldn't understand how much the minister and the cabinet would want to have GEG. However, you know, when constitutionality was challenged, we, I mean, I, I have made my, you know, my engagement with great legal minds and I found that still it's very much debatable why that was the reason for it to be dropped. But, you know, be that as it may, we hope that, you know, we will certainly uh, come back to at least address this at better times. And we would want to see finally be implemented because, among other things, this is about the surest, most effective uh, tools, mechanism, and instrument to get the prevalence of smoking in Malaysia down to, to less than 5% in 2045. So, it's you take it, as I said, it is a bittersweet kind of... <laughs> moment but uh maybe it's, it's always like that you know it's win some and lose some is yeah i think from our side um i mean definitely uh we are not lawyers and i think a lot of people will contest and say that the ag will probably know best when it comes to regards of law but i think it's important that the people also must also be reminded that um you can actually challenge any sort of law in the courts. You can challenge even anything in, that's listed in the federal constitution in the courts. And it will be up to the courts to decide whether something is unconstitutional or whether it violates something. And I think uh, it's a very slippery slope when uh, the AG chambers actually oversteps this and actually predetermines that this would actually be challenged uh, and plays the role of the judiciary by, you know, saying that it is going to be challenged and it is going to be unconstitutional, you know, by giving already the bullet points for people to challenge it later. Our biggest concern is the, the, the takeaway that was said right after the bill was passed in the lower house, that the GG component is something that should not be worried and it is only shelved. But please note that we will revisit and we will do uh, what is necessary to make it happen later. Our question is this, if you have followed steadfast the AG's ruling and you have used his reasoning and taken that GEG component out of the bill. Yet you mentioned, but later we will be able to revisit and implement it. The question on everybody's mind is, if you can't do it, you can't visit it later. If you can visit it later, 
Why not do it now? And all this, all this is critical because we could have bought time. How do you buy time? Just put liquid nicotine back in the poisons list. Then you have time. Then you have regulations on what you were concerned about while you work on the GEG bill. Because it's not going to be easy for you to retable GEG back later without having this bill that has been passed as an attachment to it. Because the, the, the people who will go against this bill, because they see as though that the regulations there is enough, that you don't need to have end a generational endgame, is going to be very problematic. Because in the end, let's talk about dollars and cents. Because a lot of governments talk about dollars and cents. The money that you make from um, cigarettes, or even the amount that you probably make from vape, is going to be about 3 or 4 billion. You spend about almost double that in actually healthcare costs, both direct and indirect costs. So we, I mean me personally, from a public health perspective, I'm trying to understand what is the value proposition of not using or actually implementing GEG because in the end, you're actually not making the government any money. You're actually making more losses. So I, I don't see what is the positive effects of actually not to table the bill. And that for me is the biggest concern because in the end, it's not about health because we know it's not good. At the same time, it's not bringing in dollars and cents to the government coffers, which I would have actually be able to uh, to to dilate if we actually were making a lot of money from it. And it seems that we are not. So, so that's why it concerns me because now I'm trying to understand what is the benefit of the industry at all to our country. And I've, until now, I can't find the right answer. But, um, you know, Dr. Zul dropped a little breadcrumb yeah. earlier about... <laughs> the um, possible influence of the lobby. Dr. Zul, you're an MP. Have you mm -hmm. um, faced yourself influence from the tobacco and vape lobby or, or have you seen this influence sort of, you know, working in its sinister way? I mean, you know very well, uh, Shohik, that the tobacco industry has long marketed its product as a form of pleasure and indulgence, you know, for its consumers, you know. And the, the rise of concerns and awareness the industry have got to change and been forced to change their tactic and afford it. And of course, you know, it's not rocket science that they came up with these e-cigarettes and, and, and vapes. So um, we, we quite understand. We engage them and we, you know, at least they are concerned about if at all GG used to be enforced and implemented. You know, they still have their market, you know. It's only that cohort of generation will not be able to be vaping and smoking. So what we want to make sure, among other things, is that uh, it's just not about making sure on prevalence uh, that will, it will really move the needle, so to say, you know, whether the implementation of GEG will, will really move the needle. But more importantly is, is what Prof. Haran just said about morbidity, about mortality, about premature death in anything related to tobacco-related diseases. This is what is the main concern. And, and going by the economic sense, it's, it's like, you know, penny-wise, pound foolish. Net-net, you know? you'll be in deficit, you know, to allow uh, to allow for this. But of course, we understand the industries. I think as a government, they would want to see a more kind of sequence reform, maybe. But, you know, uh, maybe they would want to face it to something that is more, you know, palatable or admissible or whatever. So uh, that is, you know, from the perspective of the industries and, and, and economics maybe, but uh, from coming from, you know, public health uh, perspective uh, and as legislators, we are uh, sure that if it is good and it's, it is pertinent, 
you know, it's got to be implemented as soon as. So we'll fight another battle. And <laughs> most importantly, <laughs> uh, whatever that we have achieved, you know, we make sure that we get it enforced mm -hmm. and enforceability and beefing up the, you know, the whole ecosystem, the whole apparatus of implementation. To me, that will be critical in ensuring a lowering reduction of prevalence in Malaysia. Um, and just to touch on the tobacco industry lobbyists, I think we should stop um, talking about it because um, as a tobacco industry, you would expect them to lobby. I mean, it's their job. I'm not going to blame them for lobbying because that, they're protecting their industry, they're protecting their business. Rather, it is the people who are being influenced, yeah. whether they are directly or indirectly being influenced. These are the, this is where we should be concerned about. Not whether the tobacco industry actually lobbies or not, because that's their job. They would lobby to protect themselves. Right, and I think that's that's the main that's the main thing that we should be focusing on, not on the lobbying, but the influence of the lobby. Mm, yeah, um, but uh, there is every need to keep talking about it um, from exactly that uh, perspective. Um, who is benefiting from the actions of the lobby? We will go for another quick break, and we'll come back to continue this discussion about um, where we are unpacking the control of smoking products for public health bill that was just tabled and passed in Dewan Raya last week, and um, that niggling problem of enforcement. How can we beef it up? I'm speaking to Datuk Sri Dr. Zulkifli Ahmad, Chairman of the Parliamentary Special Select Committee on Health and Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, Public Health Medicine Specialist. We'll be right back on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living. I'm T. Shao Ik. Joining me on the show via Zoom, Datuk Sri Dr. Zulkifli Ahmad, MP for Kuala Selangor and Chairman of the Parliamentary Special Select Committee on Health and Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, Public Health Medicine Specialist. We're discussing the control of smoking products for public health, Bill 2023, where we will now see liquid nicotine that is contained within um, e-cigarettes and vapes being regulated, but the generational endgame portion of the bill, however, has been dropped. Enforcement um, also, and um, every time we talk about enforcement of tobacco control, I happily name and shame the mama stalls in front of our studio in Tamantun, um, where people are openly smoking uh, and, and flouting the law. So, Dr. Zul, um, just very quickly, do we really need to beef up enforcement? Do we need um, perhaps better ways to track people in social media? Do we need more enforcement officers? Are they doing their job or not? All of that together, Shahik, uh, it is a multifactorial uh, you know, enforcement. It, it, as I said, it is a whole society's approach. But most importantly, Society must own and, and, and be responsible themselves, parents in the first place. And, and, and you know, behavioral modification is the toughest thing. So you've got to have a, a, what's known as the nudging strategy. You've got to move them in that direction. This was the reason why when we had the GEG in our, in our amendments from PSSC, we wouldn't want it to be punitive because we want to really believe that this cohort of generation must be protected, must be prevented from smoking and vaping. And the way to go is not to punish them, criminalize them, you know, and they will forever be on the wrong side of the criminal justice system. Therefore, we want it to be taking on the supply side. That uh, punishment or, or other punitive measures must be on the supply side. 
you know, we have our children under 18, you know, our school-going children, there are about at least 100,000 of them who are already smoking and vaping. Mm. And these are nicotine addicts, mm -hmm. you know. They need to be treated. They need to have a program. They need, they need not be punished, you know. Uh, sending them to, to, to do community services as well is quite demeaning and, and yeah. you know. So, in you fact, know, in fact, when we craft the GG, it was meant to really be educational. It was meant to be really protective. It was meant to be really preventive and not at all, uh, you know, punitive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that is one, of course, you know, the educational aspect. Uh, of course, the enforcement of, of officers, you know, in, in all ministries would have to be beef up as well. Mm. So, you know, it's always easier said to have smoke-free country. You know, this is our dream. But, uh, you know, realistically, we really need a whole of societies, a whole of nation approach. In so, fact, Dr. Know, Zul, um, we already hear anecdotes of students being expelled or suspended from their schools um, for mm. vaping. Um, uh -huh. Either of you want to weigh in, how do we address this as a health problem instead of a, a social discipline problem? Well, I, I, um, if, if I may, yeah, I think mm -hmm. um, when you talk about discipline, uh, we have to remember that the schools and the education system and the government is not there to discipline us. Uh, we are not uh, counting on them to actually make us as disciplined as what we would want them to be, especially in our young children. I keep saying that uh, because Sharik, I think for the past we've been talking um, for all this while, we've been hovering on government and also the the I guess the the roles of parliament and laws. But from a public health perspective, we must also understand that laws are there. Um, when it is enforced, but the true meaning of change, behavioral change, starts from the family. Because when you're talking about children, 15 to 18 years old, the only source of income that they have are from their parents. And it is their parents' role to make sure that they do not spend, they do not purchase, they do not buy things which are not supposed to be purchased. And only in this way are we able to actually form a better and healthy society. Even if GEG was in force and anybody 2007 and, and above uh, would not have access to it, but if parents themselves become enablers to their children, then regardless of how good or how strong a law or legislation that has been crafted by any government, it will not be successful if the people itself do not play a role in ensuring that they want a better society for their children. And I think we have to remember that that role must be taken by everybody. The responsibility is shared, not just on the shoulders of the government, but also on the shoulders of the people living under the government. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would want to believe that um, it is, it's got to be going that way rather mm. than uh, a legal reductionist kind of approach that once you have the legal framework done and, and the act into, into place, therefore, you know, things will just happen, you know, uh, you know magically. So it is... It, it it is a hard battle. Mm -hmm. It is you know you're talking about social transformation. You know, it's hard work. It requires everyone you know to work uh, dog, doggedly way, working in 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 a more synergistic, holistic way for this to happen. And mm. and it's a long battle. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Yep. I'm very sure. For sure, no parent actually wants to enable a smoking or vaping addiction among uh, yeah. uh, among their children. But you must remember, Shoei, they, they are to me they are victims. You know, yeah. victims of 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 the social, you know, the advertisement, the, the exactly. media, 
and, and they, they get to it, you know, through whatever, you know. Yes. So, uh, but the fact that when they started smoking and vaping, they immediately need to be, you know, to be seen as if addiction is a disease, they are patients that need to be treated. They got to be immediately addressed. I mean, immediately getting into sensational kind of program, you know, yes. uh, therapy. Yeah, and all those, that, 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 that has got to be put in place immediately. Mm. You got to be quite differentiated from just punishing them, you know. Yes. You got to be a, a disease model. Unfortunately, therapy. I have to wrap up our discussion. Can I just um, get each of you to um, very briefly take us, uh, you know, sort of a crystal ball? Um, what What do you want to see um, being put in place uh, for us to become a smoke free country? What next after this bill? Um, well, I think uh, the most important thing are two aspects. Uh, as being as it's being said uh, from the whole of government, whole society, from the whole of government, I believe that once this bill is being passed and it's being gazetted, we should actually ramp up enforcements like how we did during the smoke-free eateries and also cafeterias and restaurants that was done under the Rizal, which actually had good effects. We should have we should beef up the enforcement. That's from the government side and from the society side. I think parents, you must also play a role in ensuring if you don't. If you know that smoking and vaping is bad for your children, you should educate them ever, ever so from they are from a young age, so that they have this sort of mindset to ensure that they don't fall into this trap, regardless of whatever advertisements may come their way later as they grow up. Doctor Zul, right? Enforcement is only one tool, yeah, for changing behaviors, and, and enforcement cannot be ubiquitous and and everywhere. But more importantly, you know, besides enforcement, is of course the public themselves. The public may be able to, may be nudged into and be able to be empowered uh, to act on this. And by public is every stakeholder, you know, uh, 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 that must that must act in concert, in tandem, so so that we can enable you know, the public to to be assuming the role of getting everyone to be conscious and aware, you know, when, when we place that banning of smoking in, in, in public eateries, you know, we were mocked and, 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 and derided mm-hmm. in the beginning. But then again, later on, and particularly now, they are longing for it to be enforced. And everybody <laughs> tends to become an enforcer themselves by coming up to someone who is smoking where they're not supposed to be smoking. So they become effective enforcer of something that we all would like to see. I think in line with the Madani, you know, the more civil and civilized society that we want to create, I think it goes a long way and each and every one of us is aware and is concerned about the health and the well-being of our society and our nation, Shariq. All right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with me today. Datuk Sri Dr. Zulkifli Ahmad. MP for Kuala Selangor and Chairman of the Parliamentary Special Select Committee on Health and Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, Public Health Medicine Specialist. This has been Health and Living on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.